Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Well, lovely listeners, you're in for a treat today as we've got some great topics to cover. How are you doing this week, Anna? I'm great. I'm good. I actually uh, did a race yesterday, so I'm feeling a little tired, but feeling terrific. Oh, wicked. How did you get on? Uh, It was good. So it was a paddleboard race on the Hudson River. It must have been like at least 32, 33 degrees Celsius. Wow. What was that for the Americans? Something like the high 80s. So me and my friend were in the race and she got second in our category and I got third and we're quite excited. Oh, well done. The last place was fifth in our category, so... That is wicked though. Well done you. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, very impressed. Yeah, no, it, I felt like I was going to die on the on the last <laughs> leg. I didn't think I would make it for this podcast. I literally was in the Hudson thinking this is my last moment. It's been a good life. <laughs> but I just drank more water and just kept carrying on. Keep calm, carry on, I think is the... I have to say I'm very grateful that you've made it back because it would be quite a dull podcast without you. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, oh my gosh. And I would too, like if you were to expire in, I don't know, in the the waters outside Jersey, I'd be really sad and I would wonder what what are we going to do with about this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that we've cleared that up. (laughs) That's true. But as a result, I feel like my brain is a little fuzzy today. I, I don't feel like I'm completely hitting on all cylinders being paddle weary uh so i i can't i can't be responsible held responsible for anything that comes out of my mouth today i'll just say that <laughs> well that's <laughs> Could the be best a little way weird. to be that's the best way to be i have to say i'm um very very slightly jaded today because i had a um a sleepover with my friends last night <laughs> yes i am old enough to still have a sleepover <laughs> <laughs> so so cute <laughs> so um we weren't actually up too late which was good And I've had a lovely breakfast this morning and watched some trash TV with my friend. So that's been lovely. How delightful. Yeah. So I also might need to apologize for whatever comes out my mouth today. (laughs) (laughs) This is quite nice, actually. We're both the inebriated pair. (laughs) So how's your week been other than that? Oh, well, actually, I mean, I I have to ask, if you don't mind me interrupting uh, Mm. your lovely question. During the sleepover, was there lots of gossip about relationship? Oh, we talked a lot about relationships. (laughs) We also talked a lot about this podcast and had very good feedback. Lovely. Good. Yeah. So the gossip was on. That's wonderful. When you when you get a bunch of ladies together for a sleepover. Now that's an I I'm inspired. I need to have a sleepover with my girls. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't have any choice in it. They did just invite themselves to my house and say, (laughs) Can I can we come for a sleepover? (laughs) that's the very best kind (laughs) so I was like yeah yeah whatever (laughs) nice did they bring the wine they did they bought Prosecco I got some beautiful flowers bought some nibbles and then we um ordered Chinese takeaway oh my gosh I can't think of something more romantic I mean I think everybody should take note that's exactly how you want a partner bring the Prosecco oh this was with the girls I know, but that's how yeah. every partner yeah, should yeah, behave. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Bring the treats. Yeah, my other half always comes with a bottle, which I quite like about him. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wonderful. That's wonderful. But you asked me how my week is yes. going. I think it's good. I think it's good. 
big changes are afoot. So I'm doing lots of like, I feel like I'm doing a lot of online shopping. I'm really spending. I don't know if everybody else is in this spending zone. I was really in frugal mode for probably about four or five months. I was really proud of myself. My bank balance was pretty much unchanged other than rent payments. And I thought, man, I'm really amazing. I've just saved a whole bunch of money. And then I started online shopping and I've gone out of my mind. And then you spent all of the money that you saved. Oh, 100%. (laughs) No, 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 absolutely. Like I've had to sort of cash out my savings and stuff. My bank is probably wondering like what the hell is going on because I'm they probably think that I've responded to an email scammer and I'm going to send them that million dollars. <laughs> send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just this morning, somebody asked me for money. Warren Buffett apparently wants to give me some money, so I'm supposed to get back to him on that. Oh, well, look at you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Listeners, um, do not respond to those scams. We just want to put a public announcement out there. <laughs> do not respond to any scams. No, trust nobody. No. But apparently, so online shopping, apparently, at least reported in Canada, online shopping has doubled. Wow. Everyone is going insane. Yeah. And I wonder what are people trying to cover up by online shopping? I feel like people are doing a lot of stress shopping. Well, I could tell you a story about that. So I have a friend who, when she was getting divorced, she said, there are only so many kitchens and cars I can buy. (laughs) (laughs) so basically her answer to her relationship problems were to get a new car a new kitchen a new sofa a new anything and that's where she put all of our attention because the relationship wasn't in a good place my gosh and then she got divorced stopped doing all of that that's a wonderful thing to think about if you find yourself on amazon all the time you may be trying to cover up yeah It's funny, actually, I was at a little barbecue yesterday and there were a lot of Brazilian folk and they're absolutely hilarious. And this Brazilian woman was sitting with me and her with her husband four feet away. And she was like, quarantine has been really rough, really rough on us. And she's like, I'm joking. And I was like, are you really? And she's like, no. (laughs) And it's great because I felt this wonderful moment of validation to say, sweetheart, I know you're joking, but there's a there's a huge boulder of truth in there and I want to validate and my husband of course was like two feet away so you I just looked her square in the eye and say sweetheart it's been a rough ride yeah (laughs) she's like yeah and then she offered to trade my dog for her husband (laughs) (laughs) she said would you take my my husband and I'll take your dog (laughs) (laughs) it's rough times guys it's rough times it is it is and there's a saying which is never a truer word spoken in jest oh So often when we say things in a joking way, it's because there's something below it. You know, it's funny. When I was at that barbecue, I felt that. Yeah. And I reached out to her mentally. I said, sister, I would love to talk more about this, but I, you're a beautiful lady. But I'll have to charge you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, it's wonderful. So I think for everybody out there, we're just validating those feelings that if you're online shopping for sofas or couches or Chesterfields and you're feeling a void, this is what we're all about in this relationship podcast is we're all about validating that difficulty, especially in these times. Yeah, absolutely. So how's your week been? Very, very busy and tiring because I have now finished for the week. And I am on a holiday. Yay! We have been talking about this for three weeks. Oh, I am just so excited. So um, we've planned loads of nice meals, lots of nice activities to do together. We've got things all booked in. And from tomorrow, it's just going to be me and my man. 
Oh, yeah. And folks, just to remind everyone, this is the staycation on the shore. Yeah. Beautiful, romantic. Pool outside. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Gosh, you and your man. Do you guys have any rules about connectedness, cell phones, any device rules for your staycation? Yeah, no, we don't really have any like rules as such, but we are quite considerate with each other in terms of, so if one of us needs to send a message, like and we're out at dinner, the only kind of reason would send a message is if it was something like really important about the children. Mm. Other than that, we wouldn't just send like a message to a friend or whatever, because we're having dinner together. And we would never be one of those couples that you see who are, it always makes me laugh. You see people that go out for dinner together and they're both sat on their mobile phones and you're like, why pay for an expensive meal when you can sit on your couch on your mobile phone and not speak to each other? Yes. So it just makes me laugh so much. And I'm just like, no, I'm never going to be that person. Oh, good for you. I think there's a lot of people who do find that that happens in their relationship, though. So it's amazing that you've already zipped past and that's already an automatic rule. Yeah, it's not kind of something that we've officially sort of said, I guess, but we both have a similar view, I think, about it. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I wish you awesome luck and beautiful oh, times in the week ahead. You you deserve it because you've been working really hard, ridiculously hard. Oh, I'm so ready for it. I'm so ready for it. Good for you. Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll and just have some fun. Wonderful. And practicing mindfulness to be present in that moment. Don't let this beautiful time slip you by in your awareness. Oh, yeah, totally. No. We live in our own little bubble when we're together, so there'll be be nobody getting inside that bubble. (laughs) Beautiful. It's a bubble for two. The bubble for two. Yeah. So, should we move it along to the hot topic? Yes, I'm very excited. Okay, great. So today's hot topic is healthy communication in relationships. Ah. Mmm. Where do we start? Where do we start? <laughs> I feel like I'd like you to to lead us out on this as our tour guide. Okay, so I've been watching a very interesting program called Married at First Sight, where couples meet each other for the first time at the altar. It's bonkers <laughs> idea, but there are so many people that go for this, right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because, and I've watched a few of them, so this isn't the first one that I've watched, but the ones that do really, really well are the ones that can speak to each other and can be open and can share the thoughts and the opinions that they've got freely in a mm-hmm. respectful way. So I think that's what I would start with is really looking at your what is your relationship, your communication style. So how do you generally communicate with your partner, not only in kind of normal times, but also how do you communicate when you're at stressful times? So whether that's because you're having a bit of a row or there's other stresses going on in your life, really understanding what is your communication style and then how healthy is that as a communication style? Yeah. Speaking from somebody who came from a childhood where there was bad communication or actually there's no such thing as bad. It was just dysfunctional communication. I never learned how to communicate in relationship. So I want to reach out to everyone out there to say that if people are sort of saying, yeah, I've heard this. Yeah. Healthy, healthy communication. Most of us probably don't come into a relationship having had healthy communication modeled in our lives prior. And we do not start off on the right foot because our culture is all about lust and desire being the things that get us together in the first place. So our entry ticket into relationship is never our communication style. Yeah. We just kind of have to cobble it together as we go along. 
Yeah, and I I 100% agree with you. I came from exactly the same background in terms of no real kind of healthy communication going on, some very dysfunctional communication going on. And it really doesn't, um, it really doesn't help you as an adult to be able to navigate some of the stuff that comes up. And as such, I have had to face up to a lot of challenges around communication and be stronger within myself and be more vulnerable and allow other people to really kind of see who I am and to share who I am rather than, I suppose, hiding or having a bit of a kind of mask or presenting a certain picture. So, yeah. I think you're getting at what the root of healthy communication is, is it's not saying to somebody, you're a bad this, I hate it when you do this. We always talk about these I statements. And so when you're talking about vulnerability, you're talking about the vulnerability to make the I statements. Yeah. Which often reflect the emotions, the deeply vulnerable emotions that we're holding inside. That's where our healthy communication comes from. Yeah, yeah. So if we kind of look at that from a simplistic point of view, so let's say (laughs) my other half thinks that the way that I stack the dishwasher is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And he's quite particular about the way that he stacks the dishwasher. I mean, it's not a big deal for us, but let's imagine that it was, okay? Then him saying to me, the way that you pack the dishwasher is ridiculous. You, you know, you should be doing it like this. That is only going to be met with one reaction from me, which probably involves two words. The first one begins with F (laughs) and the the second one is off. So, Or you're a twat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah or you're well no you're a you see is more of a bit of a term of endearment ah no it would be met with definitely business time yeah yeah no you de- <laughs> i'd definitely be telling them to fuck off so sorry <laughs> listeners but if he said to me i get really frustrated when you pack the dishwasher because it doesn't wash properly or we can't get as much in or i would prefer it if you stack the dishwasher like this I might still be tempted to tell him where to go, but he's less likely to be met with that response. He's more likely to be met with something that is, okay, I didn't realize that it was bothering you and I'll try harder next time. Or something even deeper, especially if stacking dishwasher is sort of, the thing is we tend to stack things in relationship. We tend to see that they didn't stack the dishwasher and they never respect, they never listen to me. They're always doing their own thing. I think that the dishwasher is never in isolation. What people may identify with, I feel like when you stack the dishwasher that isn't in accordance with where we've talked about, because I looked into the science of the most efficient cleaning, (laughs) and when you continue to stack it in a different way, I feel hurt and I feel like I'm not being listened to and I don't feel like I'm respected. Yeah. And hurt, I mean, it's a dishwasher, but listen, the dishwasher can be like a really big stand-in for some really fundamental, vulnerable feelings like hurt. Hurt is usually underneath all of our anger. Yeah, we kind of attach specific meaning to things. So we potentially in that situation could say, well, they're never stacking the dishwasher right because they want to do it to annoy me. Oh, yes, that too. And that could be the furthest thing from the truth. Mm -hmm. And actually it is just that I've packed it that way because I'm just lazy and I want to get it done as quickly as possible so I can go and sit on the couch and watch crap TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, which is very valid on your side too, yeah. So you're not intending to hurt, but that's how it feels. Yeah, so I think there are, well, there's always two sides to the story. Part of having healthy communication is being able to explore what that story is and to be able to ask the questions that 
sometimes we're scared of the answers and I think sometimes that gets in the way of healthy communication is because we don't necessarily want a certain response back or we don't want to open up Pandora's box Mm -hmm. but I can honestly say things are so much better when you speak about them even if there is a problem burying your head in the sand is not going to make the problem go away (laughs) it won't I do believe it is about having some courage to be able to ask difficult questions even if you're concerned about the answer and generally what we find is the answer that we're dreading is never the answer that comes back right because we've made up a story mm-hmm. and we're automatically going to go to the worst possible scenario in that story yes and furthermore i think on the other side too is that if you're in a situation where in your relationship where you feel there, where there's no communication there's silence and you feel there's something wrong and your partner's like no nothing's wrong but you're saying, no, my reality is a feeling that there's something wrong and I want you to tell me what's going on. Somebody may be concerned about telling you because they, they're scared of the truth. Maybe they don't even know the truth themselves. Yeah. And they're scared that if they tell you something, it would be so hurtful or devastating that the relationship would be over. Yeah. But oftentimes people are just wanting the truth and the truth can set you free. Like I think there are times when we're in constant conflict and that is obviously, you know, when we're arguing with each other and frustrated and hurting each other with these like verbal warfare. That's one type of dysfunctional communication. I think what's really hard is when there's no words spoken and where mm. things are just being swept under the rug and yeah. maybe one or both people are saying, "I know there's something wrong and I I can't put my finger on it and my partner won't tell me why." And to finally hear what, however devastating, to finally hear what's going on from that other person is hurtful, but revealing. And you can actually do something with that. You can move forward with truth. You can, but I've been there before when things haven't been great and the rug is most definitely hiding quite a lot of that. (laughs) So much so, I would say, you know, there was a mountain in the middle of the room. There was that much being kind of swept underneath the rug. And it's re- it is really difficult when you're in that situation to be able to find a way out of it because you're so invested in the relationship. You don't want things to go wrong or things to potentially end. And there is this fear of kind of opening it all up that, you, you know, it's just going to go completely the wrong way, which inevitably it probably will do. And it certainly did in my case, but that's because I was with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. So you can't you know there's no amount of hiding or burying yourself away from your problems that are going to make those problems go away and if anything the problems get bigger and actually the communication becomes even more dysfunctional to the point where you end up screaming at each other yes so healthy communication opening yourself up vulnerably to healthy communication was your exit out of a relationship that was no longer serving you Oh, no. Well, no, the communication was still terrible right at the very end. (laughs) Ah. So in that scenario, uh, nothing really got better. Ah. But the the relationship did end, which I think it was always going to. And it's amazing, isn't it? Like with hindsight, you look back on things and you just think that was so wrong. But, you know, we go through different stages, I think, and we have different relationships with different partners. I always believe that that relationship will teach you something. Mm either about the person you want to be with in the end or or something about yourself. So I definitely took quite a lot away from it. And all of that has then helped me in the relationship that I'm in now to be able to open up and be more vulnerable and to say some of the things that are, that are difficult and tricky. Yeah, no kidding. Especially given that you've said that you married really young and you were coming yeah. from a background where there wasn't healthy communication modeled for you in your home of origin. And it sounds like you actually 
maybe you didn't establish healthy communication in your marriage, but it sounds like you started communicating with yourself. Yeah, I think part of, well, I've done quite a lot of work on myself in terms of my own development, but I think also as you get older as well, I think you just have, you're less willing to put up with things that aren't right I think you're more willing to then just actually tackle them because you realize you know life is too short to be in an unhappy relationship and I now I wouldn't put up with that I don't think but I did for many years not just the relationship was talking about where things were really dysfunctional wasn't my marriage it was one after that yeah now I just wouldn't I just wouldn't put up with a lot of stuff Mm mm-hmm like, why would you? Like, <laughs> Why would you? And it's yeah. not even a, I, I'd like to flip that and say life is so fleeting. We have a beautiful opportunity to experience joy and excitement and happiness mm. and, and to really love ourselves and to really enjoy our, our own experiences and our, and the own experiences that we have in our own bodies and our own heads and to be with somebody or not who complements that journey that we're having with ourselves. We have an incredible opportunity. Life is so fleeting. Let's make every moment count and being stuck in a situation that's not serving you is taking time away from this incredible exploration that you can have with yourself and possibly in partnership with somebody who complements that journey that you take beautifully said anna i'm feeling very <laughs> philosophical very buddhist you are, today. i can tell <laughs> wow that race did you good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it took something away from me and gave me something <laughs> we're seeing a whole whole deep aside to anna this week <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> But it sounds like that you've been on this journey. There's there's a softness. It sounds like, you know, I've never met your partner, but it sounds like you guys are both existing and treading together, leaving space between each other, but just really complimenting each other that there's space, but also union. It's a very, it sounds really nice, this balance that you've struck. Yeah, I think, you know, we do, as I said, you learn so much, I think, from past relationships. And it's only then when you get a relationship that you're truly happy in that you realize how wrong some of the other ones were. But yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong, we're not perfect. But we do really, really try hard to speak to each other. I have to try incredibly hard because my natural pattern is just to up sticks and run, right? Like, that is my natural pattern and I would gladly do it <laughs> to avoid having to face any sort of conflict or discussions. So I've had to really, really, really work hard on that because his approach is different, you know, albeit he has quite a stubborn streak the same as me. So it's it's understanding that about each other and then working hard together to avoid it because it's just really easy to slip back into that. It is. So I'm seeing that some people may be tuning in saying, yep, I don't know skills of healthy communication. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting in a relationship that has dysfunctional communication patterns. What would you su- suggest as maybe a first step? I think... One of the nicest things you can do to try and improve communication is to do a daily check-in with your other half. Mm. So if you set aside some time every day, it might be kind of first thing in the morning when you get up, it might be when you're coming from work, you know, whatever time works for both of you, it's just to really kind of check in. And then if you add sort of a percentage or a scale to it and you said, well, you know, what percentage are you on where you're at, then it's really helpful to try and kind of have some sort of a gauge and anything below a seven, then I think it's down to the other person to be saying, well, what can I do about that? How can I help you? How can I support you? And I think that's a great first step to opening up some communication because often when we feel like somebody else has taken an interest in us, then we're more willing to be open and to share things that are going on. 
And you also start to create that real union and support within the relationship. So I think it's just, it's a really, really simple technique, but it has so much power to help to expand the relationship and that connection between you both. Yeah. And don't be afraid to say, look, I'm a three out of 10 right now. And I was really hurt when you were talking to your friends and you didn't mention me or you didn't bring me into the conversation or whatnot. Yeah. You might feel vulnerable. You might feel silly. You might feel judged in that moment to say, look, I'm, I'm really not feeling it right now. I feel hurt. I don't feel like you were nice to me today. Yeah. Because that's an incredible opportunity to share that, to put it out in the open and to say, and to admit, yes, I am a person who needs these things fulfilled for me. I have these wants and desires for somebody in my, in my life. Yeah. And it's just such a great opportunity, isn't it? To find out more about your other half, to be able to then do something with that. You know, so I, you know, did say to my other half, oh, I really love it when you bring me a cup of tea in bed in the morning. So now, you know, we used to make 50-50 on kind of tea making, and now he definitely makes more and it's bloody amazing. <laughs> and it's wonderful because he's like, well, that's something I can do. Yeah. And if it gives you so much joy and stokes those fires of, and having that little gesture of love every day is a real top up to the tank. Yeah, it is. It's a nice little treat. So what about you and your man then? How is communication with you guys? Oh, it's an ever-evolving process. <laughs> so yeah, I think we both come from backgrounds of unhealthy communication and it's our journey has been 15 years. Some of those years have been long distance. We had a breakup period. We came back together. We're absolutely on a journey. I'm like, when is this going to end? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's amazing is you keep digging and you keep finding more, both opportunities as well as issues. And yeah. it, it can be shocking. I think... One thing that I would say is it's actually never too late to learn and to take baby steps from the ground up. It's never too late in your relationship. Even if you're more than a decade in or several decades in, there's always more to learn. And there's actually always more to polish off and polish up in terms of communication. Yeah. You know how it is with like when you're, when your relationship can be quite calm and peaceful and the waters are peaceful and all of a sudden you hit this, whether it's something, whether it's COVID, whether it's yeah. uh, you're taking big changes in your life, whether... Issues under the rug are starting to reach a breaking point. Yeah. So there's moments in your in your relationship where it's like a big time of reckoning. So that's where we're at. We're we're in a time of reckoning at the moment. So we're leaning into difficult conversations. And you can only get through those turbulent times by communicating with each other. The second you stop and not communicating is still a form of communication, but it's just not a very healthy form. Oh yes. So, you know, sitting there in silence is not going to solve the problem at all. Yes. And all you're doing in that situation and scenario is to carry on making up all of the stories inside your mind and your other half's making up all of their stories inside of their mind. And you're both not comparing those stories. You're not coming together. You're not sharing your feelings and your thoughts and your worries and concerns. Yeah. And that's something that maybe a lot of listeners may identify specifically if they're a, more of a communicator, but their partner is not a, a big communicator and they may be looking and, and seeking for more communication, but their partner may not be comfortable and may not be giving that. Yeah. And it's interesting actually on this program that um, I'm slightly obsessed with right now, there were this couple that were in there who, because there's 10 couples in it all together, but one particular couple, the one was a massive introvert and the other was a massive extrovert. And they've been matched by scientists and psychologists and 
you know, loads of clever people that have kind of looked at them and they've put them together for a reason. But what you saw play out in that scenario was she was the extrovert and she would just talk and talk and talk, just be really loud, then overcompensate for the fact that he wasn't speaking, but actually didn't leave any space for him to speak. Yes. <laughs> so what the kind of experts were saying is that actually you can both teach each other something. So she could help to bring him out of his comfort zone a little bit, especially in social situations. But he could also teach her something about being slightly quieter and being more considerate of other people and being more observant and allowing some space to be able to let other people share their views and join the conversation. So it's really interesting to watch the dynamics between the two of them. And, I, you know, in this, this whole program, that's one of the best parts is just watching the dynamics between people. And as well, not just what is said, but what's not said. Mm. What's coming up for me is I'm thinking, God, why don't we all have a team of scientists and psychologists with us when we start a relationship? <laughs> oh, my God, I could have I could have really benefited from that because we really are all set to see, you know, in, in a partnership without any guidance, because yeah. nobody warns us that communication tools is the biggest asset that you want to have on board on your journey. And we don't pack it along with us. Yeah. And that's the biggest reason that I want to get into relationship coaching mm. is because I see so many people that are just genuinely stuck and don't know how to get out of it. And they end up in some bad situations for quite a lot of time because they've got low confidence, low self-esteem. They don't know how to tackle some of the issues that are coming up. They don't know how to have a proper conversation, how to have a difficult conversation. They're just not prepared and equipped for that. So it's it is one of the biggest drivers for me in relationship coaching. Mm -hmm. That's my why, Anna. <laughs> oh, I love your why. Yeah. I'm going to add a why to that too, which is I see couples who have attempted to communicate and they've just got a lot of baggage yeah. and there's so much resentment built up that there's really no more leverage to enter into communication anymore because everybody's sort of drawn their battle lines. Yeah. So I love, I'm motivated to be the, the tripod of the situation, to be that neutral third party who gets to ask really difficult questions to each person and to start to yeah. break up the log jam yeah. or the ice flow, as we would say in Canada. We always think about ice jams. <laughs> but when there's a couple who you can tell they've been trying and trying and they have no more gas to give. Yeah. And every time they go into an issue, there's going to be this person's defensiveness and that person's, you know, and, and that's what they're scared of. They, they're like, I can't talk to my partner about this because they're just going to get this way. Yeah. We're always going to arrive at the same dysfunctional point. And that's where a coach can come in and do some incredible work with folks. Yeah. There is a way that you can, as a couple, reach a peak of healthy communication. It may seem impossible, but it's the most beautiful thing that happens when we see that happen. Oh, it's that, that transformation in front of your eyes, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. It's like discovering each other afresh again. Yeah. And I can, you know, say definitely from experience that it is possible. It is possible to make changes. It is possible to, you know, your past does not define who you are today. It doesn't define your future. And often we get really stuck in that because we kind of think, well, nothing's going to change. Nothing's ever going to be better. This is how it is. And I need to just accept it. You should never accept it. And I learned that the hard way and it's taken me quite a long time yeah. to learn and discover that. Yeah. And it's not just you, it's your partners. Again, like, yeah, life is a fleeting moment where you have the chance to explore something incredible and you want to have your partner explore something incredible too. And so yeah. 
why not start today in terms of reaching a whole new level of communication and understanding with each other yeah. and discover something totally new about each other. You never knew something really beautiful. Yeah. Life is fleeting. It is. It is. You've got to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that helps anybody who's struggling out there with communication. And yeah, maybe just try that little check-in with your partner today. I love the check-in. Yeah. (laughs) So are we ready to move on to the relationship remedies? This is our question from the listeners. Absolutely. I'll do some stretches. Okay. This is where we have to limber up. We got to limber up. (laughs) (laughs) So today we have got... Lust versus long term. Oh, gracious. Okay. Mm. Take it away, Sarah. What are you thinking? Okay. I am long term all the way. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, that said, I've always had reasonably lengthy relationships. I'm not really a casual fling sort of person. But what I do like is that initial energy and excitement that you get in a relationship. So I can see how people can get caught up in that, just having multiple short relationships because they really, really enjoy the bit at the beginning. But I think if you're doing things right in your long-term relationship, you can maintain some of that connection. And actually it comes in a different form, but it's still there. Like, I cannot tell you how excited I am for next week to spend the whole week with my man. I am beyond excited. Sounds like there's some lust in there. Oh, definitely. Can't wait. <laughs> it sounds like Seriously. there's some fizzy knickers in there. Seriously, the thought of having sex every day is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yes. So I have to just <laughs> clarify. So for the listeners, I don't live with my partner. So we have separate houses because we've both got children from previous relationships. So that always makes it slightly trickier. So for us, for now, this is how things are. So it always makes it slightly more difficult in the relationship. But what we do have on the flip side is every time we get together, it is like going on a date, which is lovely, which I guess kind of helps to maintain some of the lust. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just thinking about my week ahead now. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, when a couple is newly married and they're going off in their vehicle and they've got all the cans and just married Mm. clanking along, I feel like I'm sending you off on this lustful, desirous, passionate journey. Oh, lovely. Off into the sunset. Yes. This is your sunset podcast before you guys enter the bubble of uh, passion and desire. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of people are listening and saying, uh, yeah, no, my long-term relationship no longer has these ingredients. We started off that way, but, and I really have a high bar. I expect for lust and passion to remain in a long-term relationship because I, I'm a pretty self-functioning person. I kind of got everything else like finances and everything and job and everything sorted out. So what I really want out of a long-term relationship, I want lust and passion. Yeah. And I'm realizing <laughs> how hard that is and actually sometimes kind of unrealistic I think I'm really craving that pie that I had as in a courtship yeah and then I get very sad if it goes away in a long-term relationship yeah and I think you hit on an important point there was around expectations and we can often have really really high expectations for a relationship you know we want that relationship to be everything for us and to solve all of the issues that we've got going on and it's just not always possible yes 
so no wonder, especially when people have seen this in the in their home of origin, or if they've experienced this, some people are scared about getting into a long term relationship, because they've seen desire wane, and they just they want to be able to have these experiences with lust and passion. And so they may be inclined to be serial daters or serial Tinder aficionados. Tinder really fuels the constant supply of desirous encounters yeah. in a non-commitment sort of way. Yeah, although some people do find love on Tinder. Ah, true. Yeah. So something that I think is quite surprising to people is the sense of reactive versus spontaneous desire, which is one of the reasons why... So when we enter into a long-term relationship, love and passion will shift and evolve, and it, it isn't going to look the same because it's not going to fire off the same hormones and the same brain sensors as that initial lust does. And lots of very lucky researchers have looked at fMRI findings of the brain when folks are experiencing lust and love. When we get to know somebody and we get enter into a long-term relationship and all the regular day-to-day activities sort of play in, then lust and passion and desire will shift. And something that some people may find is they no longer have spontaneous desire for their partner. And that may turn into situations where there's lack of sex or lack of intimacy and there's not that same spark as people will talk about. Yeah. But what we don't realize is there's a big fuel boost from reactive desire or the effort then that we put into creating these amazing moments with each other. Just because it now starts to take curated effort, it doesn't mean that it's not lust and passion. Yeah. And I think we can start to get some doubt, can't we, in a relationship where we feel like that spark's disappeared, we're not connecting. And, and I think, as you say, it is about actually just digging a bit deeper in that and really kind of trying a bit harder, you know, have date nights, have a candlelight meal, go for a nice walk after dinner instead of sitting on the couch. Then you can come back and sit on the couch. I'm a big fan of the couch. Yes. <laughs> the couch has its place. Yeah. Even watching, you know, rubbish TV together. Like, I love doing that with my man. It's great. So there are ways, I think. And just because you're putting in a bit of effort doesn't mean that the relationship's wrong. It just means that actually you're in that phase where you need to kind of work a bit harder. I think we've got this romantic notion and you and I have talked about this before, Anna, we've got this romantic notion that we're just going to meet, fall in love, live happily ever after, and we're never going to have to work at it. Yeah. And that is just so so far from the truth. It's un, it's unbelievable. So, yes. you know, it's going to be a bumpy ride. And the facing adversity together and coming out the other side of it is only going to make a relationship stronger. Yeah. And you're not going to want to shag all the time as you did when you were dating. Well. There's maybe few people... <laughs> Well, okay, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you are, you're right. You know, you're not always going to feel in the mood. You're not always going to. And I think sex is one of those things. It's really easy to get out of the habit of doing it. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. Yeah. You just need to find a way to get yourself back into the habit of it. Absolutely. And have some more fun. Fun times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get out of the habit of it. Because women, we need a we need a long runway. Like we may need a long lead up. So there's a lot of things yeah. that lead us to be in the mood, to to become physically aroused and emotionally aroused, etc. We may need a lead up of like sexy behavior yeah. for hours or a day before. Yeah, for a woman, sex is more in the mind. For a man, it's definitely in his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but it is. <laughs> I love it. Yes. 
that's why you know I couldn't have sex if we just if we'd had a big massive row and I hadn't forgiven him yet I couldn't just then have sex I can't have sex if I watch a really sad movie I can't have sex afterwards yeah and that's the regular normal stuff that comes into a long-term relationship it's no longer you're just meeting on a date all these issues start to come in. And so no wonder lust and passion and desire are making me going to look a bit different and they may be obscured by other things. Yeah. Other people have life choices to say, look, I don't want a long-term commitment. You and I are, you're a long-term person. I'm somebody yeah. who is a long-term but wants to have the spice of anonymous shags in my long-term relationship. <laughs> 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 I know, I know. It's very confusing. I'm not sure you will allowed to say that. Your man will get upset. <laughs> no, no, no. With my, no, oh, absolutely. I like the passion of anonymous shagging with my partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I like us to feel like we're strangers. <laughs> right. Okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Which is totally unrealistic, obviously. Right. Like so, the the plumber comes to uh, fix the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's him and he's in his trousers that are, you know, like tucked down at the back where there's butt crack. Yeah. Leaning under the sink. Oh, I think, well, can I, can I pay you in cash or in kind? Yeah. (laughs) I suppose maybe that's role play that is helpful for a long-term relationship, getting the spice in. Yeah. Well, we know what you're doing this afternoon, Anna. (laughs) Getting the plumbing fixed. I know exactly. I may need, I may need the deep plumbing uh, looked at. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess maybe there's always opportunity to ignite the passions in your long-term relationship. There is. You just have to want to do it. You just have to want to do it. But for all the folks out there who say, well, all this long-term relationship sounds great and all, but thanks, I'll keep my Tinder. I mean, that's okay too. And there are folks who are having a wonderful time and maybe that's the time in their life too. But I would say that if if what scares you is getting into a long-term relationship and seeing passion fade and go away, we want to say that there is a possibility of putting the work into it to get that desire, passion, and all the fizzy knickers and also have any benefits that you may want to have in a long-term relationship. Absolutely. Because you're worth it. Yes, that is true. And if you are on serial dating and regular hookups, just make sure you're practicing safe sex. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I have to drop that one in there. Wearing those masks, whatever that may be. I love it. Do you want to tell us quickly about your uh, your protocol that you follow, which is doctor approved? Yeah, I'm more than happy to share this. So um, funny enough, this came up last night on my um, sleepover. We were talking about this rule that I have, which is when I start dating somebody new, which hopefully won't happen again, because hopefully I'm settled now. <laughs> When I date somebody new, I have a rule that we have to use condoms for six months. And then after six months, we both have to go to the sexual health clinic and get tested. And then assuming everything's okay, then we can take the raincoats off. The raincoats come off. Oh, (laughs) love it. I couldn't be happier as a doctor. This is the thing that I love to hear. And this is a non-negotiable rule with you, right? Oh, totally. Totally. This would be a deal breaker for me if you weren't prepared to follow that beautiful you'd be out the door yeah so you're having wonderful sexy times absolute lust and desire and adventure and you're staying safe and and true to yourself and you're keeping healthy boundaries oh and there were many times in the early days where we had to quite literally stop ourselves (laughs) of course yay yes yeah which in itself can be quite steamy too it can be steamy that's something that you may want to brush off as a memory to say remember when 
Oh, I regularly get... And possibly recreate. Yeah, I regularly get little flashbacks. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it sounds like there's going to be a lot of flashbacks coming this week ahead for you. Oh, yes. What I'm taking away from this is lust at first sight versus long-term relationship. Sarah, you're in a long-term relationship and you're going on a lusty adventure the next week. So I'm taking a lot of inspiration from you that... Just by putting the work into it, making a little plan, a little staycation, getting a hotel, putting some money into it, you are going to recreate your first dating days. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm a big fan of of really, you know, a lot of people are quite, they want to be quite spontaneous and just everything's kind of on a whim. And I'm grand with spontaneity as well. But I do feel like if if you do make an effort and you make some plans, then you will reap the rewards by having a good time together. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And it came up actually last night as one of the conversations was around one of the girls had been out for dinner with her partner and she's got quite a young child and a slightly older one, but still both reasonably young and need a lot of care and attention. And she said that she went on a date with her other half for that anniversary. And one of the rules was they weren't allowed to talk about the girls. Oh, And she said it was like going back to the time when they first started dating. So it is possible, even when you're having issues or you've got challenges. In fact, that's the best time to just get out there and try and recreate some of the early days. Yeah, because it's all there. Yeah. And all of our beauty and our excitement and all the things that made us so desirable and attractive to our partner to begin with, it's all still there. Yeah. And if we can just sweep away some of the muck that kind of collects on like our every day to day. We just reveal these really exciting things about ourselves. Yeah. And more. Yeah, definitely. And if you're having problems with it, remember healthy communication. Healthy communication. (laughs) So get exploring to that treasure trove of new stuff that is waiting to be discovered in your partner. Yes. There's an endless lifetime supply of interesting stuff in the treasure trust. There certainly is. Well, I think that wraps it up for another week of the podcast. On a very optimistic note, I'm feeling there's fizzy knickers and lots of excitement. Oh, there is. I can't wait. (laughs) Have a great week ahead. I might go to bed early tonight just so that tomorrow comes quicker. (laughs) Yeah. And do some stretches, limber up. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you. And you have a lovely week too, Anna. Yes. Till next week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.